Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, this is Natalie, Natalie Jean, Nat, Natalie Jean. That's what you can call me. Today we're here on Chatting with Nat with international pianist Rebecca Harold. She's based out of Boston, Massachusetts. Pianist Rebecca Harold celebrates her upcoming release, The Tree of Life, with collaborator and producer Will Ackerman. Rebecca is a principal pianist for Boston Ballet and enjoys international acclaim both for her performance and modern composition. So let's give a round of welcome for Rebecca. Hi, hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, Nelly Jean. Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. Thank you. That's awesome. How has thank the you so much for Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you are awesome. Yeah. I had to have you on the show. Um, well, thanks. I, I appreciate you uh, offering me the spot to just join you on your show. I'm excited to hear what's up. Yeah, everything's up. <laughs> everything's up. <laughs> it's it's up gravity. <laughs> it's crazy. 2021 hasn't even, we haven't hit the middle ground and it's already been crazy. How has the pandemic treated <laughs> Well, I mean, actually just hearing your introduction of me, I'm like, okay, so fast forward, I've changed my entire life. (laughs) My entire life, yeah, yeah, it has been changed um, due to the pandemic. Um, I have relocated. I'm no longer working at Boston Ballet, so just a quick update, and that's all due to the wonderful pandemic, Um, but it's all good. It's like you say, it's all up, you know? It's a reworking of where I am and just trying to figure out how to land, you know? So, okay. So what ideas have come to you since uh, you're no longer with the Boston Ballet? So what have you thought? What ideas come to you to continue this beautiful work, this wonderful work of yours? Well, I mean, I, I am a composer. Primarily, I love doing that. And I'm also a singer. So there's you know, there's a lot of things that I'm doing right now. And one of my biggest passions out of this uh, pandemic that I've seen arise in me is just to keep live music live and really uh, pursue giving other musicians the hope and the vision to come out of this with uh with more strength and more, um, how do I say it? Like more zeal to keep live music alive. Oh yeah. I'm thankful for the internet. However, I just, I just can't see that as the new normal. I just can't, can't abide. Can't abide. (laughs) I like that. Dude cannot abide. I cannot abide by that. I like that. Uh, no, I I, I can't. Yeah, no, I get you. I understand you. Because we just don't want that to be the new norm, the whole uh, internet thing, because, you know, it's not good for the eyes, one. And two, um, <laughs> not that, you know, being on the internet is not, for so many reasons, not a good idea. And then to watch something for so long, um, it, it was a good tool during the, the beginning of this whole pandemic thing, um, but yeah. I agree 100%. We need to get back to the normal where we're actually out there performing, um, being on stage, interacting with people. Um, so I do agree mm-hmm. with uh, Did you do any live streaming during this whole time? Well, I did a little bit, um, but I, I did what's called eCam, where you okay. uh, I just you know, I just performed in a really beautiful studio in Pembroke, Massachusetts, because I just recently moved west. Um, you know, I just packed up and left. My husband's a storm chaser, so we moved to the southwest. Yeah, yeah, so he's closer to what he needs to be doing. And, you know, a pandemic doesn't stop the weather. That's all I got to say. 
So he's still actively running around doing his gig. <laughs> and then, you know, we just decided to move out of here, and that's part of the reason I left Boston Ballet. And, you know, they're just it, – it, 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 when Broadway closes, that's, that's pretty much the writings on the wall. Things are starting to turn around here a little bit. So I decided, you know, I needed to just come on out here and, and create a new niche, so to speak. Wow. And um, I've just been looking at, basically looking inward, what do I really want to do right. when I grow up? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, just <laughs> if I ever grow up and just keep, uh, you know, just keep that fire burning. Because I'll tell you, it was it was a dark, there were some dark times when I, I just felt yeah. like I was really closing a chapter of my life that I wasn't sure I was ready to close. Um, but I, I, you know, I believe the God, God is my witness and God has something bigger and better in store always, always than I could even ask or imagine. And I, I I'm just kind of waiting for certain things to happen. And right. in the midst of all of this, I was, um, trying to release my second CD, which has just been, wow, a lot of stuff happening and I can't figure out exactly how I want to do it, but I've got a lot of people Thank God, who are um, pr- very proficient at what mm-hmm. needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 a friend of mine always said, I'm I'm not really good at a lot of things, but through all the people that I know, I am very good at a lot of things. Right. You know, I can do a lot of things through other folks who help see that vision when I don't. <laughs> oh, that's, you know? that's yeah. It's good to surround yourself with people that uplift your vision. Yeah, 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 and can see ways of making it happen because it's been a long time. It's been I, I started this CD in 2016. Oh wow! So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of things happened in my you know in my life. Um, right. I have a grown daughter, and you know we, we've been going through some various different phases in her life as well. So yeah. I had to be a mom and took some time off. And um, finished all the music, but it's majorly the technology and the distribution and how things have changed so rapidly and how people consume music and things. So I've had to rethink how to do this. (laughs) No, no, I I get you. I mean, the the whole music, you see, anybody that wants to get into the music business has got to be crazy. You and I. It's like you you have to have a It's a lot of work. Definitely. It's a lot of marketing. It's a lot of self-promoting. I mean, if you don't have a budget to have a manager or, or all these other team players and you're doing it every yeah. by yourself, it's just a lot of work. And then when you're doing it by yourself, it seems like everybody wants to pounce on you and say, oh, I can do this for you. I can do this. And a lot of them are scammers. So we also have to have right. that rate up at the same time of mm-hmm. doing doing this. And, and and just following our passion is, is just crazy. Have you ever thought of writing a song called Storm Chasers? I would love, you know what? You just gave me an idea. <laughs> Storm sure. Because people chase. Certainly have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of storm chasing going on. You're right. That could be very metaphorical, I think. I think that's, you got a good idea going here. So let's, <laughs> we'll brainstorm. Like storm that. chasers. <laughs> you see, look how we work. See? <laughs> well, we got we got the hook. We, we got, got the, the title. We got the title. <laughs> yeah, we got the I mean, you got the storm. You got the storm chaser in your life, so you can work from that. You can you can tell me that's really cool that that he's a storm chaser. Though. I like that. Um, yeah, and he doesn't. I mean, he's not. He's not. He is not doing it for the weather. He's doing it for the um, the <laughs> the destruction. Yeah. He comes in after the storm. <laughs> it's not about the weather. It's about how much damage has been done because that's what he he goes to work on fixing that. And in the like beginning, him. yeah. I, pardon. Go ahead. We need people like him. Uh huh. Yeah, he really likes it. As much as he gets tired, I suppose it's like musicians going on the road, which yeah. I've never really done full force. But there's that time where you're just like, man, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're you the vibe. You're like, oh, oh my god, 
Love the audience. But I love then you it. get you. <laughs> Don't you get that adrenaline? You just yeah, get yeah. that adrenaline. It's a rush. It is a rush. And I saw, you know, he just left this morning at four o'clock in the morning. So oh, nice. it, it was fun to see. It was fun to see the transition be, be before it was kind of like, uh. <laughs> and then this morning at four, he was like, woo ha, you know, here we go <laughs> on the road again, you know. It's just like so. Storm chasing has its adrenaline rush too. So here we go. We are developing a good song. I, I feel it. Yeah. I feel a song coming on, girl. <laughs> I, I, I feel it. We got we to gotta do it, you and I. So how would you describe your music? Uh, well, this my first CD was all piano-driven. Um, the music is more like I get compared to... Keith Jarrett or uh, what's the guy from Carmel by the Sea, Joe Sample, mm-hmm. uh, Liz Story. Sometimes the best way for me to describe my music is to, to use some of the the comparisons I've gotten. Um, and I I get that from my first CD, but I'm also a singer. So uh, uh, Armitrading, Joan Armitrading, I've gotten compared to sort of folky, jazzy, bluesy, weird <laughs> I, mean, I love I love Joan Armitrading, but but not it doesn't always fit into a niche per se as far as okay. music, music is concerned because I was classically trained so I use a lot of um, that as my basic structure but then I'll use jazz idioms. It's like right. saying it's like saying I know how to say a few phrases in French like I can say you know, sacre bleu or something, you know, or bon appetit or bon voyage. <laughs> that does not, that does not make me fluent in those languages. It just, no. it just means I throw in a few little jazzy licks here and there um, because I know a lot of jazz pianists and I would never, ever, ever say that I was jazz because I have way too much respect for what it is that they do. And I barely skim the surface. You see what mm. I'm saying? So there's, there's elements of that within what I write. Um, right. But I, I love the blues. I love singing the blues. I've never really written a blues tune or a rock tune. And I love singing classic rock like Heart, you know, Anna Nancy Wilson. Um, right. And that's, you know, kind of where my vocal soul rests. So mm-hmm. I'm, trying, I'm trying to meld the, what I create musically with what I want to express vocally. And that's where I'm at right now, like with this whole transition. Right. Um, you know, just finding, finding that deeper voice, in, you know, within me and um, how to write for that voice. So my second CD is a, an interesting mix of gospel themes, but uh-huh. not gospel music. Not right. gospel music, gospel themes. Like everything for me comes from a place of my relationship with God. And okay. even if I do write a love song, people will be like, oh, that must be for your husband. And I'm like, well, if you want it to be, <laughs> that works. But that's not, that's not really where it what came is- from, you know. Um, so that's that's my music. I mean, music is... Music is just, I think I, I liked doing it instrumental at first. All the songs that I had on the river of life were, were actually have lyrics, but I wasn't ready to sing. It, it's weird. I just, it's just a phase I was going through. Plus, I wanted to work with the folks up at um, Wyndham Hill. You know, I felt like I was getting my doctorate in production with those guys. Yeah. And um, they don't really do vocals. You know what I'm saying? So it was just okay, I'm going to do this. It was amazing how it came to pass and the opportunity came up and I said, I'm going to do it and I'll just do all instrumental. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely, I have to say, a lot of the people that played on it added so much to it that I just fell in love with the music over again, you know, because we carry stuff around in us and it becomes sort of um, blasé in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had these songs since I was... 10 years old and I was just like getting used to it. It's like complacency or whatever that is. Familiarity breeds contempt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this music out any way I can. I'm going to do it. So it's all instrumental and I'm really, you know, blown away by that. And the second one I'm singing more and 
as a singer, you know, you, you're, you're much more personally vulnerable, I think, right. when you start adding your voice, because it's you now. It's right. not just Rebecca playing the piano. It's, oh, it's her voice. It's much more personal. Right. You think? You see what I mean? Yeah. It's like just all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100% because I remember when I decided to get into music, I was like, oh, my gosh. How am I going to, I was very shy, believe it or not. And, and I, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get on stage and sing in front of people? Because this is just going to be, oh. you know what? I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just going to do thing. I'm going to let God work through me, let spirit work through me. And whatever comes out is going to yes. be fulfilled. And that's what they're going to receive. And that's how I was able to uh, uh, perform on stage. Um, and, and in the recording studio, you yeah. know, it's totally different. Yeah, it's totally different, and exactly. you know, it's that that terrified me more because being in the recording studio, because it, 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 it's like a micro, microscope. Every single little thing that you know can or will happen with your voice does <laughs> right there for everybody to hear, and you're like, yeah. oh my goodness, <laughs> and you're like, oh my, oh not that, sorry, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my line. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I honestly, I think that's part part of the reason why this has been an, a long, long project. You know, right. um, getting the second CD out has just been a long. You know, <laughs> I think it's teaching me. You know, be okay with yourself. Amen. Be okay. You're enough. You are enough. You, are enough. you know, that's what yeah. I felt. You gotta love yourself first before you can love anybody. You gotta love yourself first. You gotta love everything that you do. And I always tell people, you gotta love what you put out. If you can't sit there yes. and listen to your music yourself, because uh, yep. I can listen to my, I can listen to my songs. I've listened to my songs like for an hour over and over again, and I can do that because I actually love what I put out. I always tell people, that's if right. you don't listen, put it out, because that's your energy. That's your, that's you that's going out there. Mm-hmm. That's very important. How did you get into music? Uh, well, I kind of didn't have a choice. My mom was a musician, and I started playing when I was a baby. She just she just harnessed it, you know. Everybody, I've come from a family of seven, and oh, wow. she, yeah, her her bottom line was you're all doing sports and music, and do well in school, you know. Um, and that's that was it, you know, pretty much we were in sports and we were in music, so I've been playing since I feel like I'm more fluent in music than I am in English because <laughs> i've been I've been doing it a little bit longer. <laughs> I'm like you, I was very introverted, very quiet, very shy when I was little, and you know I just played the piano. that's what I did when I was upset, when I was happy, when I was mad, when I was joyful, it just all went to the mat, piano mat, the piano mat. I love that. I love that. It's so like, that's how I got involved in it. It was like, it was, it was like my uh, survival mechanism, quite hmm. honestly. You know, yeah. I grew up in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. and we were on a um, little farm and we didn't, you know, we we lovingly call it the pioneer days. We had very interesting growing up, n- no water. We were on a small farm. Our water came from our pond, and we had to go get spring water from the local mountain, you know, and trudge it all back home. And, you know, it, it, it was just the way we grew up. And it, times were always, times were pretty rough in the winter. <laughs> Not a lot of running water when you're pumping it in from a frozen pond. <laughs> Kid you not. I kid you not. <laughs> that is wild. Ah, that is just amazing. But I had a Steinway, you know, I had a Steinway. I was pounding that thing from, from the time I was born, just playing it and, you know, picking up melodies that my mom could tell I had an ear. So, you know, that's what I did so pretty much all my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know what? You can mm-hmm. write them. You could write songs about your life, and I and I think that would be a beautiful tapestry. Of, yeah, of yeah. That's what my songs are all about. They come from my experiences and growing up and nature and 
also just, you know, with God, my relationship there and just, that's what I try to do is to put the unexplainable into music because sometimes it, I've said it a lot. The only reason I'm here is because there's something bigger and better and much more loving watching out for me because I put myself in some crazy situations. (laughs) And I'm surprised I'm still alive sometimes. (laughs) As if life wasn't, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know. So I'm grateful. I am grateful, you know, with everything that's going on. I'm really, I'm just thankful. Thankful for having this, you know. It is a lifelong lifesaver for me. Music has always been just that for me, you know. Yep, I I I feel you because music has been my saving grace as well. I mean, I I never thought it's funny because I never thought I would go and in, get into music. My father is a musician. A lot of my uh, uncles and cousins and aunts are musicians, and I never thought in the oh, wow. didn't even think I could sing. And then one day I, I was just humming something, and there's like, oh, you might want to write some. I was like, hey, da, da, da. and then I got into it, and then I became obsessed, and and then I went through a lot of things. Uh, life experiences and then music has just saved me and being able to write and being able to express myself and sing out loud yeah. it's 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 just saved me it just lets me I just belt out everything that I'm feeling um at that moment mm-hmm. so I'm appreciative of the gift of being mm-hmm. able to and then the other thing is you know I want to be an effective player. I want my music to mean something. I want people to feel something, whether they hate it, like it, whatever. You know, I want them, hopefully they enjoy it and they get something out of it and they have aha moments with it and it helps uh, the universe somehow. Um, Because this world truly needs a healing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And music is one of those things. It doesn't doesn't come back void. It sort of demands a response. Good, bad, ugly, or, ind- you know, otherwise, it doesn't really matter. You you get a response. Amen. <laughs> I Amen think to- you always will. <laughs> you will always get a response. Now, you gave me one of your songs that we're about to play is called Morning Dove. What is that about? Oh, I, I my friend, my neighbor is a morning dove. <laughs> I've always heard my morning dove singing, and I just liked her song so much. And I've noticed that morning dove is, is is used a lot. Her song is used a lot in a lot of films. Oh, and, um, I, I, yeah, but I didn't really notice it until after I wrote the song. I've always just loved <laughs> Like I have a friend who loves the Cardinals song. And what's weird is I can't hear the Cardinals song. It's weird. I, it's like in a certain wavelength where I don't hear it. Right. it and they were like, you don't hear the Cardinals singing. I'm like, no, I can't hear it. Cause he was, he was saying, listen to that Cardinal. It's going, go and go and go. And I'm like, I can't hear the Cardinal. I don't know what it is, but yeah. anyhow, I can hear the morning dove and everywhere I've moved, I've moved a lot. I've always heard her singing (laughs) like outside my window. And it's just this, I just love her song in the cider house rules. There's a very pivotal scene in that movie. um, (laughs) And it's where a lot of the truth gets revealed about what's going on in that crazy movie. If you ever get a chance to see it or if you've seen it or want to watch it again, it's a pivotal moment and there is nothing but the morning dove song. And it is one of the most ah moments in that movie where I just you know it's it's a plaintive cry, it's a plaintive cry to me, and she just speaks to my soul. All righty, we're gonna play it. We're gonna have she, we're going, <laughs> You're gonna say something? No, she's she's just my constant companion, a reminder of all things can change. All right. Awesome sauce. We'll have a word from our sponsor and then we'll play the song. Hold on one. <laughs> Thanks, Natalie. Hi. 
Hi, this is Nikki Chris, and I host a podcast called Mixin' It. Mixin' It focuses on women in the music, entertainment, and the performing arts. Our goal is to provide an avenue for industry veterans and up-and-coming artists, musicians, engineers, and producers to showcase their talent. Listen to Mixin' It on Monday Music Madness at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sim Radio Network. here because it's all anybody can talk about. Um, so let's talk okay. about that Grammy performance. 
Now, I didn't watch the Grammys for many reasons. <clears throat> um, I've been to the Grammys. <laughs> and what I most love about the Grammys is actually the after party. Anyway, I like to walk the red carpet. That's all, always fun and stuff like that. Now, since mm. everybody was talking about that one performance, um, I did watch it on YouTube. And here, here's my take on a lot of things. And I'm no prude by any means. But I saw mm. the, the choreography, and, and there was a lot of stuff that I could say, okay, I could watch that. I think it was appropriate. But then there were certain scenes. And I had to tell somebody else. I actually watched the entire thing. And there were moments where Cardi B, her crotch was so exposed that you literally could see everything. And there are certain dance movements that mimic, you know, sexual positions, this, that, and the other. Now, if this choreography had been on HBO, cable TV, I could say, yes, that's appropriate for that. Because on cable, people do whatever. There's nudity, there's sex, there are all kinds of things on, on cable TV. And I'm not a prude. And I think that artists need to be allowed to create. And I think women should own their own sexuality if that's, that's their thing. But, however, after watching the, 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 the performance, there are certain aspects of that performance that should not have been in there. I just, I, because, because of the viewership, because they know that young kids are watching all their parents and just threw their kids away, but that's not the point of watching the Grammys. You, sometimes, when I was little, I used to watch the Grammys with my parents. We would sit down get involved, watch and clap for the people that won the Grammys and stuff like that. Um, and everybody wants to go back to the female empowerment movement. Yes, women should own their own sexuality. I, I agree. But there's also a way to do it. And here's the thing that I told one of my friends. My, my problem with all, also is that stereotypically, stereotypically when it comes to black women, um, the stereotype is that, you know, uh, black women are very sexual. They're this and that. And that's, that's the biggest problem I have with it. Because when other people see that, they just assume that all black women are like that. That's why I don't watch a lot of the reality shows that are so just ghetto. Um, I, just, I just can't take it because it, it puts a, it gives all of us a bad look because sometimes people will think, well, they, that person must be like that. So they all, the entire group has to be like that. Um, and oh. You know, uh, Grant and Eileen just posted something in the Indie Collaborative um, just 37 minutes, minutes ago about um, people have been nasty, especially, I think it was all because of that. Uh, I think William Reed put a comment about it and wants to, you know, uh, do a petition or whatever to the Grammys. Um, so so what do you think about the whole thing and, and artists being allowed to be expressive um, in this whole Grammy thing? Well, first, I am with you. I didn't watch I didn't watch the Grammys, but there has been so much spillover and enough to see. Um, and first off, I think women have made plenty of strides right. in the field of art, in the field of dance and women of color if if we want to go as far as to start getting yeah. into that um particular mode of why it's important for specific types of women to be represented and to own their sexuality but i just or to have full reign over their sexuality but i i just think i come from a Where's my take on this? I think because I've worked with dancers, and I'll tell you, it becomes exceedingly more difficult to uh, draw the line between sexuality and art when you are using your body as an instrument. Right. Because it's very physical, it's very visceral, and when you are a dancer, it's all about how you look, how you move, how you position yourself. So that is a I've I've thought about that a lot and I've dealt with it a lot because when I'm in the studio with 60 to 100 beautiful bodies it's right. very difficult to keep my mind focused on the benevolence of art for art's sake 
And and a couple years back, Boston Ballet did a uh, controversial ballet where the the women could dance nude if they wanted to, and the men could, you know, the men could dance nude as well, which is, you know, less. In some ways, it's less provocative because they could wear nude underwear or whatever, and it had the same effect as looking nude. But where right. with the women. And we're talking ballet dancers, and I love right. my ballet dancers, but they're not very well endowed, physically. Right. So no. it really wasn't like, oh, my gosh, we're seeing a bunch of TNA all over the stage, if you get my drift. But with with the pop music and the way that the music is presented, it is, it is very sexual at its front. And I think he, the biblical verse that comes to mind, because that's my worldview, that's where I take a lot of what I – what I see and what I experience and how I want to represent myself as, first of all, an artist, regardless of my sexual identity, you know, as an artist, everything is permissible, but it's not beneficial. And that's a scripture. And I will go to my grave saying that about what it is that I want to put on stage, what it is that I want to purport as an artist, and how I think it benefits people. Because not everything is beneficial. It Everything is acceptable. You can do whatever you want. And I believe yeah. that that's true within right. the art world. Yeah. And when my daughter was little, she'd always say, Mommy, you know, because I was doing theater, I was directing theater, I was in theater, I was on stage, I was dancing, I was doing all of it. You know, I'm a, 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 I'm a vaudevillian trained musician. You do it all, you know, and with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's the vaudeville, you know. But, um, but she would always say, Mommy, how come there's so much homosexuality? You know, and this is, this is I'm going back about 30 years, you know, 20 years. She's my grown daughter. And, and I said, you know, I think it's just because in the arts, people are open to expressing what it is they want. Mm-hmm. And there is more freedom within the arts. But when it becomes, there's a lot of diminishing returns, in my opinion. When it becomes about the spectacle of the sexuality, I don't mm-hmm. understand why that is edifying anyone. We can do that in our bedrooms perfectly right. well. And we can own our sexuality in the privacy of our own homes perfectly well. I don't think anyone is going to put a chain on us when we want to do anything kinky in our own bedroom. But on stage, I just don't think it's benefiting anyone. I really just don't. And that's my, that is my gut. My gut is, I don't think we need to be really edifying that, promoting that. We simply know how to do that instinctively. God gave us that. It's a gift, and I don't believe that it needs to be purported all over the stage just to prove some ridiculous point. And there you got it. That's what I'm talking about. If art is going to be uplifting, huh? I said that's what Rebecca is talking about. I like it. Well, I mean, because I think art is something that separates us from the animals, right? I don't see many, you know, chimpanzees, Gorillas, pandas, tigers running around with paintbrushes or creating music. They growl and they they make their joyful noise naturally, but they don't have an appreciation for art. And I think that is one thing that elevates us from simple animalistic stuff. I mean, and I I, I mean, I had I think anybody I've got nothing against Cardi B working hard and doing all the things that she's done. I, I respect anybody who's been in this business as long as they have and can still be able to do what it is they want to do. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, if I was met with that kind of uh, an offer or if I was met with that kind of a requirement, I would put my bag down and walk off the stage. I just would. I would. Because I don't think that's edifying, I don't think it's uplifting, and I don't think it's necessary. There are plenty of great dance moves that can that can elicit a very deep response. And trust me, I've had it happen. Right. I've no. had it happen. Watching ballet dancers can be the most exotic, erotic, and there is yeah. nothing sexual or tawdry about it. No, I know. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, I think humans need to dig down a little deeper, you know? True. That's very true. So what advice would you give an upcoming artist? Learn how to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Serious. 
it's one of the most terrifying words, and I can I, it is because I, I I was constantly I was constantly saying yes to things, and I felt like if I said no, the phone was going to stop ringing, the emails were going to stop coming, everything would go crickets. And to a certain degree, it does. But in my opinion, I think it's okay to hear silence from certain uh, realms, <laughs> if you will. I don't want them knocking at my door. Right. And it's terrifying to be able to say no and to really understand what inside of you. I'm not saying everybody has to say no to the same things that I say no to, but I just think as an artist, you, there needs to be someplace inside of you, a moral compass or whatever you want to call it, your guiding North Star that allows you to be proud of what it is that you're doing. Like you said, you can listen to your music over and over and over again. And I'll bet sometimes there's people that put on their CD that's just trashy and just, I'm sorry, has nothing. I don't know. There's just nothing in there that's, to me, makes me feel better about myself. And I'll bet they probably don't want to listen to it in another year. You know, maybe it, maybe it fed an impulse in that moment, but I don't think it's longstanding or classic. I just don't. And, and, and I think that that at the end of the day, you want to be really proud of what you leave behind. That's your legacy that you need to be a good steward of the things that have been given to you because we're, we all have been given the opportunity to work, work at whatever it is that, uh, you know, you find is, is your way of making sense of the world. That's how I see it. My music was always a way for me to make a make sense of this crazy world because it's always been crazy. Always. This is not new. You know? Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. It's just weird. While you were talking, it sounded like a robot was talking. Did you did you move positions? <laughs> Good old technology. No, somebody was calling in. I forgot. I, I forgot to put my block on my phone, so that might have been it. It was okay. Yeah. No, it's okay. They got a different version of Rebecca Harrison. <laughs> so you know, I, I I am not a robot. <laughs> I have not been programmed to say this. I really do feel it deeply, and I think I think it's gonna it's gonna get harder for people to understand. Um, just. How to get their point across with this, with the world the way it is? Because it's just getting crazier and crazier. I honestly believe that it's getting crazier and crazier in some ways, and and it's going to take a lot more um, depth of younger artists coming up to really stand their ground and know what it is they want to say and know what it is that they want to um, present, you know, right. to the world. And and I mean, for me, art has always been about personal um, expression of how you see the world. And to that end, I guess, you know, Cardi B, I had a, one of my best friend's daughter danced with Cardi B. So oh, really? it's, it's like, you know, hey, listen, that's why I respect people. She's working. She's doing what she needs to do. And, and, and for what it's worth, what she is doing means something to her. At least I hope so. And 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 if the end game is she's making tons of money, well, amen. That's what she's doing. Good for her. That's great. And I really have nothing against her personally. I don't know her personally. And when my daughter's friend worked with Cardi, it was it was a great experience. She learned so much. She didn't necessarily like the way that things were, you know, choreographed, and she made a choice and left. But, um, you know, I guess my point is it's just she took a chance and, you know, why not? Why not take a chance and see what you can do and push those limits? But I see I see if it has that law of diminishing return where it's just really not beneficial. I I just I've come to a point in my life where I, I just can't I can't do I can't abide. (laughs) <laughs> Dude doesn't abide. <laughs> no, see, that's another. Remember, we let me see. Let me write that one. I don't abide. I don't abide. <laughs> that's from the Big Lebowski. Dude does not abide. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I, I and honestly, 
I have burned some bridges. I've actually, you know, hey, you hear that sound? That's the strike of the match that burns the bridge that left a hole in my heart. Because I, I, I don't always know what the best thing is to do, but I just follow my gut. Greams at me sometimes. I don't know about you, but sometimes my gut is screaming at me. <laughs> and yeah. I just... <laughs> you don't always like, know which way to go. <laughs> um, I start to listen more and more because my gut's been right on every point. Now I'm like, okay, this is what I Hasn't should do. It? I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And for a long time, I would just be like, oh, you know, I just have uh, diarrhea. <laughs> That's my gut screaming at me. I just have a little, you know, constipation. <laughs> no, it's your gut <laughs> telling you something ain't right here. You may not know, may not need to even know what's not right or where it's pointing you to go, but yeah. just like you said, start listening to it. Start listening to it because it's a it is a guide. It is our guide, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's it's tired of not being heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the gut and say, didn't didn't you hear what I said? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Your gut always has the last laugh, doesn't it? <laughs> I owed you, and you didn't listen. Now you see. Now your stomach hurts, doesn't it? Um. Yeah. No. I've, I've, I've had that. I've had that before. Now tell us where the our audience can find your music. Oh, and here's another thing for artists: in per in perpetuity. You know what that means? Never sign anything if it says in perpetuity. Because that means whoever you just signed with has <laughs> your art, your you know that, for the yeah. rest of their life in perpetuity. That's a, that's good advice <laughs> that I got from. So anyhow, I, people can find me on, on my website, www.rebeccaheraldmusic.com. And Harold is like the guy's name, but with two R's, H-A-R-R-O-L-D. And... I'm also, you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm, I'm on, and I'm on Instagram as Harold Rebecca, so a lot of people think I'm a guy, which is, it's all right with me. <laughs> Who's Harold? Why are there pictures of a woman? <laughs> I'm weird Harold. <laughs> um, Instagram, what else? I was on Twitter, but I've kind of let it languish. Um, I'm on iTunes. My only CD out there right now is called The, the River of Life. Um, my next one coming out, I'm just going to release singles, and it's The Tree of Life. And I'm on Pandora. Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, uh, you know, all the the regular fair where where everybody gets their music. I'm on all of those. And then, you know, I'm in the Indie Collaborative there. So when people just peruse around, put my name in, give me some love. I said just just go, you know what I say? Google me. I'm going to get a t-shirt done. Oh, Google me. <laughs> it's like, a, put, you would make a little baby t-shirt that says Google me, like giggle me or tickle me. Yeah. <laughs> Google, Google me. me. It's easier. Because Google me. Platforms, it's just like, just Google me. You'll find me somewhere. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not so, I'm not so, uh, you know, sophisticated with knowing all my handles and my uh, hashtags. I can't remember half mm. that And we have to be on so many platforms. It just gets ridiculous at some point, but that's why you say but you're the queen. You, you do have a lot of good marketing. I don't know if you do it all yourself, but I think it's lovely. I think you do a great job. Thank you. Yeah. I have, yeah. You know what? One thing about the pandemic, I mean, there's a lot of bad about the pandemic, but one thing about the pandemic, I was I was able to take a lot of webinars and kind of, kind of do some conferences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, marketing and I was B-squared management. They taught me a lot of things as well. And, and so I really, I had time <laughs> to start promoting things more in a better way and getting a better understanding of how this works. This is crazy. It's a lot of work. People need to understand uh-huh. music business is just not, okay, let me create some music. Once the music is created, you've got to push it. 
And then you're mm-hmm. dealing, you know, dealing with people that may or may not want to stream it or buy one single for a dollar twenty nine. It's just like you know what you're telling yourself. Um, I mean, it's just crazy how people wouldn't even stream in or, or pay dollar twenty nine for a, a song. You know, no, no. Album, I want at least buy three, three or four songs off off of that album. You know what? And yeah. One song just to say, you know what? I support you. Yes, exactly. Because there's no guaranteed return of interest of, of investment. That's, That's right. the one thing about the music business that is is very uh, you know, interesting and sort of maddening. Because <laughs> you know you put all this work into what you're doing, and it's a beautiful production. It's a beautiful product. You've worked hard at doing what you're doing, and then you have absolutely no guarantee that you'll even make one penny of what you invested into your product. And and music is really one of those those beautiful industries where that occurs. Art is another, and dance. <laughs> Dancers have, you know, they have the greatest work ethic, I, I I believe, as any artist. They've got the, the as a general statement, I think dancers are some of the hardest working artists on the planet, and they get nothing basically in return. <laughs> Hate to say it, but they really do. They work, they work their tiny little butts off. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Well, anyhow, yeah. and. So much for being on my show. You are a delight. I love you. You know what? Because you speak Thank your truth. You speak your truth. You're truly empowered. Whether you know it or not, you are empowered. You speak your mind. Oh, well, thanks. You, you, yeah. I mean, you, you, you stand up for what you believe in. You are you. You are the Rebecca Harold. And people should oh, really get thanks. your music. Your music is awesome. It's beautiful. Um, I wish you luck on your music journey. I will follow you anywhere. <laughs> uh, oh, thanks. Well, yeah, are- keep me, uh, keep me in your prayers. You know, this is this is a time. This Certainly is, is a time. This is the time. I like see you giving me some ideas here. I like. You. I'm going to talk to you more. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's talk. We'll follow up because I love working with people and writing songs. Um, okay. You know, definitely. I'd love to collaborate. I've worked with people who don't even write music, but I know you do. I mean, yes. I've, I've I've worked with singers who just suddenly get melodies and then I put all the music to it, and I love doing it. I okay. love doing it. And you yeah, got that no. creative spirit. <laughs> I do. I do. No, let's, let's you talk. You do. Let's talk and let's do okay. something together. Sounds good. I Sounds think we good. Something fantastic, phenomenal. Okay. Well, right. thank you so much for inviting me, and I'll, I'll look forward to talking to you soon, Natalie. All right. You have a great evening. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.